Ladies and gentlemen, QC Fantasy is back. My name is Graham Rogers here for a week nine preview plus kind of trade deadline breakdown. A lot of news impacting fantasy. Obviously, these NFL teams and how the rest of their season may look. Uh, carries, snap shares, target counts. So let's dive into previewing week nine post NFL trade deadline. So first up, coming up on Sunday, we've got the Chargers at the Falcons in a 1 o'clock game. Chargers favored by three, over-unders at 49.5. You know, we saw recently the Panthers score a bunch of points on this defense. Um, So the Chargers offense coming in uh, looks good, but the Chargers are going to potentially be without Keenan Allen. If he does play, it's going to be very limited. So if I have him, I'm probably not playing him. Obviously, we know Mike Williams out for an extended period of time. Austin Eckler was recently added to the injury report with an abdominal issue. Um, Still expect him to play, but it was interesting to see him pop up on there. Um, So you're turning to, I think, Gerald Everett gets a lot more work because of this. We know Josh Palmer is out there. DeAndre Carter always kind of seems to steal the show from somebody when we expect them to have a big game. So that would not surprise me at all if DeAndre Carter gets more involved. Um, So not super pretty or the names we're used to in LA um, but hoping Herbert can deliver against a pretty bad uh, Falcons defense and then the big question in Atlanta is are they going to throw the ball more than 15 times if it gets to 20 times and they can get into the red zone then Kyle Pitts and Drake London are appealing but if they do what they did two weeks ago and just throw the ball 13 times and everything else is going to Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, um, I'm not overly interested. Uh, both of those guys have been pretty fantasy relevant right now, which is good for uh, those of us that went, you know, zero RB or hero RB and are looking for options. Um, but will be interesting to watch as uh, Darrell Williams and as Cordero Patterson come back how they work those two back in, if they work Williams back in with Huntley and Algier and what those splits look like. I think this, you know, the line only being at three, I do think this is going to be a close game, especially with all the injuries on the Chargers side. Um, But again, pass catchers and Eckler for sure for the Chargers. And then if you want to run the risk on a Drake London, I know he's been burning people as of late. I think he's still talented. And hopefully the Falcons figure out how to play catch up from behind and don't just run the ball anymore. Dolphins at Bears. So Miami favored by four and a half over unders only at 45 and a half. Uh, Trade deadline information. So Chase Edmonds traded from Miami to Denver. They got back Bradley Chubb in return. They did give up a first rounder in that as well. Um, And with trading away Chase Edmonds, Miami then went and acquired just Jeff Wilson uh, from the 49ers. We know they just brought in uh, Christian McCaffrey. So Wilson reuniting with Mike McDaniel uh, from that their San Francisco time. Going to be interesting to see Jeff Wilson there to back up Raheem Mostert, who has kind of been a bell cow in that offense. And then we know, without a doubt, you're playing Waddle, you're playing Hill. Um, those guys have been studs and carrying this offense so far, and I wouldn't expect anything less against the Bears defense. Um, and then Justin Fields, man, he looks as far as fantasy goes, he looks good. And the good news for Justin Fields is the Bears went and acquired Chase Claypool. Um, so whether you are a Claypool fan or not, uh, it's it's an upgrade at wide receiver. Um, instead of Nikhil Harry, 
Equinemius St. Brown, as much as some people may like those guys, I think Chase Claypool is a better football player and a better wide receiver. So I uh, do expect Miami to win this game. But if you've got Fields, you're definitely playing him. The rushing upside there is where he's getting his fantasy points. And if he happens to throw a touchdown pass or two, then it definitely pays off. Packers at the Lions, NFC North game. Um, Green Bay favored by three and a half. Over under seems pretty high at 49 and a half, almost 50. I just, I think that Green Bay plays too slow to hit that number. And I think the Lions, man, their health right now, DeAndre Swift, questionable. Uh, Amon Ra has had a lot of injuries. They just traded away TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings as well. So Brock Wright will be at tight end. Uh, Their question marks around Josh Reynolds now as well. So you could see a limited Amon Ra, some Khalif Raymond, um, a lot of Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds. I just don't think they're going to be able to get there on offense. Uh, came out today. DeAndre Swift says he's not sure if he'll be 100% at all this season. Granted, nobody in the NFL is at 100% at this point in the season or shouldn't be. Um, but we understand the concerns there, especially in the fantasy world where early in the season he was putting up, you know, top five running back numbers. And then in Green Bay, I mean, who's it going to be at wide receiver? We know Alan Lazard is good. Um, and then Romeo Dubs puts up zero one week, catches a touchdown pass last week. Uh, but really the only reason he paid off is Christian Watson, the other rookie wide receiver, going to be healthy. Randall Cobb still out. Um, I, the one person you play in this offense is Aaron Jones. He's the one consistent, the one player with real upside that you can count on. Um, so that's the only person I'm turning to in a game that – I'd be willing to take that under uh, 49 and a half this week. Panthers at Bengals. So Bengals favored by seven over under 42 and a half. Bengals have struggled since Jamar Chase is out um, for four to six weeks, did not go on IR. So they are optimistic about when he can come back from that hip injury. Um, But I think you still play T Higgins. You've got to play Tyler Boyd. I think Hayden Hurst is a really good option as well. Um, and then, you know, Joe Mixon has not been super efficient, uh, but also not getting a ton of touches lately. That may change with Chase out if they start to figure things out here. Um, so I wouldn't be afraid of having Joe Mixon on my roster at all for rest of year with Cincinnati's offense. Uh, in Carolina, it looks like Chuba Hubbard has been ruled out again. So Dante Foreman is going to get the bulk of those carries Raheem Blackshear spelled him a little bit this past week and you know PJ Walker here kind of resurrecting DJ Moore season uh getting the ball to Terrace Marshall as well who people thought was dead LaVisca Chenault on the roster and catching passes um so I guess PJ Walker is trying to resurrect people's fantasy seasons fantasy careers the whole nine, um, I don't know if it's sustainable. They've played a couple pretty bad defenses um, when doing this, uh, whether it was the Buccaneers with a depleted secondary um, and just not playing well, and then we talked about the Atlanta Falcons defense. Um, so not sure I'm interested in taking shots on those as we move forward into you know closer to fantasy playoffs, but if you need fill-in options and you can go get a Terrace Marshall or P.J. Walker in a super flex league, uh, if you're really short due to injuries, I won't blame you on that. Colts at Patriots. Patriots favored by six at home over under a lowly 40 and a half. Part of the reason, I mean, we've got Sam Ellinger against Mac Jones. Um, You know, I I don't really understand the hope for Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis. I mean, he was a six-round quarterback. We know that first round, second round, third round quarterbacks don't always pay off, let alone guys drafted in the sixth round. Um, Also, 
in Indy. Looks like Jonathan Taylor's doubtful uh, mispractice again today. Uh, with that, Naheem Hines was traded from the Colts to the Bills, so that option is no longer there. They did acquire Zach Moss in the trade, uh, but not sure he's really going to work in this much since the trade just happened. And so we go back to Deion Jackson, who has had one really good week, um, still kind of involved last week, even with Hines and Taylor back healthy. Uh, so it could be a strong week for him, but it's not something I would bank on going up against the Patriots and on an offense led by Sam Ellinger. Um, I, I still think Matt Ryan is probably the better quarterback there, um, but I do think the Colts are somewhat trying to see what they have in a younger quarterback while simultaneously probably tanking um, since they know they really just don't have a shot at anything positive this year. And on the other side with the Patriots, uh, play Jacoby Myers. Uh, Tyquan Thornton has kind of disappeared a little bit. It's always interesting to see what's going to happen with Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, who's going to get the targets between those two veterans. Um, and then the running back splits. Again, this last game with Damian Harris back. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had more touches, more stat snaps. I do think he's the better running back overall. He's going to be there next year. I'm not convinced Damian Harris will be. Um, so I think you can play Stevenson uh, for a long shot if you want to go with Harris and hope that he gets the touchdowns like he got last year. Uh, I can understand that as well, again, if you're short at running back. In this game, if I had to choose, um, I, I mean, I would probably play Deion Jackson over Damian Harris. I'd probably put Stevenson ahead of Deion Jackson, even though he's going to be splitting the load. I think he's a better quarterback, and I do think the Patriots score more points. So that's kind of how I would rank the three running backs in this game specifically. Next game up, Bills at Jets. So Bills are favored by 11.5 over under of 46. Uh, so again, like I mentioned, in that Colts game, the Bills acquired Naheem Hines. They traded Zach Moss. So my assumption is Devin Singletary and Naheem Hines will be the top two backs. I think they're letting the rookie James Cook kind of sit out this year. Maybe he's not quite what they expected to get, or because he's a rookie, he's just... They don't trust him yet. Uh, he did have some turnovers early in the year in some of his playing time. So I do expect Hines to work in. Could be interesting to see how often he's used out of the backfield. Um, and then, you know, at wide receiver, you trust Stephon Diggs. He's going to have big games. Gabe Davis is going to have big explosion games, but also some where he just doesn't show up much. And then I'm still interested to see the Jamison, I mean, sorry, uh, Khalil Shakir, and Isaiah McKenzie splits Jamison Crowder out for the rest of the year uh, as far as the slot position goes. I think they're both good options. I know people want one of them to play over the other, regardless of which side you're on. I think they're both good options for that op offense, um, but maybe not the best options for fantasy if they're going to be splitting snaps, targets, receptions, all those types of things. And the Jets wide receiver core, I mean, we know, Elijah Mitchell wanted out. He didn't get traded at the deadline. He did play last week, but got less snaps and targets than Braxton Berrios and Denzel Mims. Um, so not exactly sure what's going on there, but they're going to have to use him because Corey Davis has been hurt. He's questionable for this weekend. Garrett Wilson had a big game last week. Tyler Conklin called a couple of touchdowns. Um, and, you know, the Jets are finding ways to win. Unfortunately, I think that's about to run out. And then I would look for James Robinson's workload in this offense to increase this week. Uh, Michael Carter got the majority of the touches last week, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if that starts shifting more towards James Robinson since he was traded from Jacksonville. 
Vikings at the Commanders. So Minnesota favored by three on the road over under 43 and a half. Uh, a lot of question marks around the Vikings if they're legitimate uh championship contenders let's say maybe of the nfc at the very least um they did acquire tj hawkinson from detroit so a you know in division trade there they did place irv smith on ir sounds like he's going to be out eight to ten weeks so that's you know the the impetus for that move there uh kirk cousins could have a good week up against a weak uh commander secondary so look for justin jefferson i think even tj hawkinson working in early um this offense could put up points this week against the commanders with the commanders man the the backfield split it's possible for you know all three of these guys to pay off antonio gibson uh has kind of been doing a little bit of everything both catching passes out of the backfield and working in uh with carries brian robinson getting the majority of the short down uh and first down carries uh goal line carries are probably going to go to brian robinson so if robinson rushes for a touchdown gibson is rushing and catching the ball and even jd mckissick catching passes out of the backfield I could see any of those three or all three of them paying off. Um, They're probably going to be playing from behind in this game, which favors McKissick and Antonio Gibson. Um, And that also helps uh, Terry McLaurin, who has kind of been resurrected by Taylor Henneke since they uh, put Carson Wentz on IR. So I wouldn't be afraid to play Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson probably missing this week as well. And then the question is, does Curtis Samuel get more involved uh, as that second wide receiver, or are they going to rely on McKissick and Antonio Gibson out of the backfield? Next game up, Raiders at Jaguars. The Raiders favored by one and a half on the road. Uh, basically a pick over under a 48. See if the Raiders bounce back this week. They got absolutely crushed by New Orleans. Uh, didn't score any points in that game after this offense and especially Josh Jacobs have looked pretty good. Um, so I do expect Devonte Adams to get more involved. Interesting to watch if Darren Waller is back and healthy this week. I think Foster Moreau last week actually had nine targets. Um, Darren Waller's most targets in a game this season is just eight. So that was intriguing to see that the backup when filling in is getting more targets in a game they're trying to play catch up in um i think they've got to force the ball to Devonte adams a little bit more i don't know if Derek carr is willing to do that um and then you know obviously the offense has to play better for josh jacobs to get involved the upside to drafting josh jacobs this year was the afc west having good offenses this offense taking another step forward with Devonte adams joining um which has paid off this year and then we just saw that kind of completely fall apart last game. Hopefully that's not a sign of things to come, uh, but we'll see how they play this weekend against the Jaguars. I expect them to bounce back. Speaking of the Jaguars, Calvin Ridley uh, was traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville, obviously not playing this year, but something to keep an eye on in dynasty leagues uh, and moving into next year for best ball and redraft. Connecting him as basically the alpha there, the number one target, uh, most likely he would step in and take the majority of the targets. I don't think Marvin Jones is going to be there next year. I don't know if Zay Jones is going to be there next year. So they're kind of planning for the future. If they can pair Ridley and Christian Kirk with Trevor Lawrence, I don't hate that. 
And then Travis Etienne out of the backfield, I think he played 80-85% of the snaps, saw a lot of workload, looks like a running back one rest of season, barring health. Um, and again, they didn't make any other moves at the trade deadline, so it's going to be Etienne, and right now, Jamichael Hasty uh, is the backup in that backfield. Seahawks at Cardinals, next one up, Arizona favored by two at home, over under up to 49 and a half, so expecting points out of this one, uh, you know, I think we can say DeAndre Hopkins is all the way back, it's it's interesting, you know, he wasn't coming off an injury or anything like that, it was the suspension for PEDs, um, so I, I'm not overly surprised with what he's doing Uh He's probably doing a little bit more than I expected, but once Hollywood Brown went down, you knew the targets were going to funnel to DeAndre Hopkins, and they have. Um, we're looking to see if James Conner is back this week. Um, you know, Benjamin has been an okay fill-in. He had one good game. The other two were, you know, average or below average. So I know this offense is missing James Conner, but they Arizona doesn't have a great offensive line anyways. So to make this offense run, it's going to have to go through Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, need to get Rondell Moore involved two weeks ago. He wasn't much uh, last week. He got much more involved. Hopefully that continues. I think he's a talented player that can help the offense. On the other side in Seattle, you know, watching Kenneth Walker's splits, especially on passing downs or the two-minute offense, now that DJ Dallas and Travis Homer are back and healthy, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think Kenneth Walker owners were hoping he was going to be the bell cow, but with those two there, I think they are going to eat into that workload a little bit on those downs uh, if Seattle's not playing from ahead. And then keeping an eye on DK Metcalf's health, he was questionable, basically a game-time decision last week, did decide to play uh, suited up. I know there were a lot of people targeting Marquise Goodwin in DFS that had to adjust quickly or just miss out. But Geno Smith still playing extremely efficiently. I think if you have Geno, DK, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, you just have to play them. Um, and Noah Fant and Will Disley lately splitting a lot of the work at tight end. Uh, Parkinson has worked in there as well. So uh, a little bit of a committee at tight end that you've got to get it right on touchdowns to pay off if you're playing one of those guys. Rams at Bucks is next game up. Tampa Bay favored by three at home. Over under only at 42 and a half. I never would have guessed that coming into the season that Rams led by Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup up against a Tom Brady led offense with Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the over under is below the Seahawks and Cardinals game this week. But Cooper Cup struggling with a knee injury from last week, uh, lower leg injury, um, but sounds like him and Van Jefferson, sorry, it was an ankle injury, Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson to play, so hopefully that will help this offense out a little bit, but um, Cooper Cup not being at full strength worries me. Uh, Cam Akers was not traded at the deadline. Uh, we actually saw Ronnie Rivers in the backfield get the start. Uh, he is a rookie over Darrell Henderson, so probably just going to be a split there. Another team with a struggling offensive line, and it, it has shown in all aspects of this offense trying to get going, uh, whether in the passing game or the running game. And speaking of struggling offenses, the Buccaneers just unable to really put up points or get into a rhythm right now. Um, Rashad White continues to take away touches from Leonard Fournette. I think I'm a little concerned as a Leonard Fournette owner in a lot of leagues, uh, but I do really like Rashad White as a prospect. 
I still think you have to fire up Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'm not going to count out a Tom Brady offense. I feel like this happens every single year. People start to wonder if Tom Brady is done. Is this the year? And then the second half of the year, he, he just takes it to another level. I think if Godwin can continue getting healthy, I think he came back a little too early from his injury. We saw it with the hamstring getting bothered. Um, this offense can continue to improve. But as we're seeing with a lot of these teams where we expected really good offenses, the offensive line is kind of pulling them back a little bit. Uh, quarterbacks don't have enough time to throw. Running backs aren't getting open running lanes that they can uh, get through. And so it's happening with the Bucks and the Rams. Be interesting to watch this weekend how those two offenses look against each other. Sunday night, the Titans are at the Chiefs. Over under is 45. Uh, Chiefs favored by 12 and a half in this one. You know, it's the first place in the AFC West versus first place in the AFC South, but we've got a 12 and a half uh, point spread there. Uh, Kadarius Toney did get traded from the Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I've been talking all year about this Chiefs wide receiver core, the question marks around it, the inconsistency. And then we're just adding another piece to it, uh, another piece that a lot of people think is pretty talented and could probably be at least a one-for-one -one replacement for, say, a Cole Hardman, um, potentially some of that MVS role. So I don't know if this was a long-term look with maybe thinking those guys are going to move on. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't think this is good for Sky Moore. It's just another guy that could potentially move ahead of him. We've already seen him not getting into games and seeing guys like, of course, Juju, Mecole, MVS get a lot more snaps. And now they're adding Kadiris Tony, uh, but just another weapon for Patrick Mahomes as if he needs any more. Um, everyone on this offense lately has been playing well. Michael Hardman had a big game. Juju's had a couple big ones. Um, interesting to see if MVS will pay off in the next couple of weeks. His air yards have been increasing over the past couple of games that they have played. Uh, so maybe time for him to pay off. And then in the backfield, Isaiah Pacheco was named the starter last game before their bye week. Uh, still saw CEH, Derek McKinnon involved. Uh, Going to be interesting to see what that split looks like this week. I still think the safe bet is McKinnon. He's always going to have a role, and then will be interesting to see, honestly, who's going to get the touchdown. Is it Pacheco? Is it CEH? Obviously, early in the year, they trusted the veteran more than the rookie, but coming out before the bye week and naming Pacheco the starter uh, was a little bit interesting. At the very least, they had the bye week. Maybe Pacheco gets more involved in the offense, uh, but something to keep an eye on leading into Sunday night. As far as the Titans are concerned, they're in first in the AFC South. They're probably going to win that division. And if you are playing fantasy football, which I assume you are if you are listening to this, uh, you know, Derek Henry is the only fantasy asset. I don't want any bit of Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis actually started last week due to Tannehill's uh, A injury, but also an illness that popped up close to uh, the weekend. Uh, it looks like Tannehill is questionable right now for this Sunday. Uh, not overly interested in Malik Willis, at least this season in games until he really shows me something. I know he has an upside with the rushing ability, but we're talking about somebody that is Probably less talented and more raw than Justin Fields was last week, last year, and we know how that turned out with Justin Fields. Willis is a project. If you've got him in Dynasty, you obviously keep him, but not somebody I'm looking to play even in a Superflex league. 
And on Monday night, we've got the Ravens at the Saints. Baltimore favored by two and a half over under set at 48. Again, talking about the Saints blowing out the Raiders last week. Um, Andy Dalton had a good game. Alvin Kamara absolutely went off. Uh, And Chris Olave still kind of being the alpha. Michael Thomas sounds like he's going to miss the rest of the year. Jarvis Landry is questionable for Monday night, but signs are leaning towards him playing. I do believe Mark Ingram is out as well. Dwayne Washington will be the backup to Kamara, but that just means more touches for Alvin Kamara moving forward. And then on the Ravens side, you talk about injuries. Rashad Bateman now on IR. Mark Andrews questionable again. He was questionable leading in the last week, had to leave the game with an injury. Isaiah likely stepped up uh, big time in his absence. Sounds like Deshaun Jackson, a blast from the past here, is going to get some run with the Ravens this weekend. Um, And in the backfield, you know, look for Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill to be carrying the load as Gus Edwards now questionable and probably going to miss the game. We know the deal with J.K. Dobbins being out for an extended period also. Um, I think Justin Hill is a little bit more of – he's a more explosive running back than Kenyon Drake is, but it's really just going to depend on where the volume goes. Uh, Kenyon Drake has kind of led the way when Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are out. I'd probably expect that the same, but Justice Hill could turn one of those touches into big plays a little bit more often than, say, Kenyon Drake can. So that is a preview of Week 9. Looking forward to another big week coming up in DFS with this main slate. Again, I don't blame anybody for targeting a dolphin stack i think that's a good way to go up against the bears off or bears defense um i know the packers lions over under set at 49 and a half i would probably be avoiding that game with all the injuries on the lion side the packers offense kind of playing slow and you never know who to play at wide receiver there you know uh, definitely avoid colts at patriots Bills at Jets could be interesting. Obviously, I would want want more of the Bills players than the Jets on that one, unless you're hoping that they're just playing catch-up. Zach Wilson did throw for 300 yards in a game where they were trying to come from behind, Um, and I would probably just target Garrett Wilson and maybe Tyler Conklin in that one, but not one I want a lot of. Decent games to target to me, Vikings at Commanders, bad Vi- or bad Commander secondary. I think Kirk Cousins can have a good day. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is unbelievably talented. I'll be intrigued to see how much they work in TJ Hawkinson right after the trade. Um, Raiders at Jaguars, uh, depending if you think the Raiders are going to bounce back, you could trust Josh Jacobs again in this one. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals, a couple bad defenses there as well, or not so good defenses. Um, I, I really don't want too much in the Rams-Bucks game. Really, Cooper Cup is the one name you'd go after, but with the injury, I'm not sure at the price he's going to be at. Um, I don't mind shots on Godwin or Mike Evans. Mike Ava- Evans could have had a big week uh, if it weren't for the dropped, wide-open, 60-some-yard touchdown pass uh, from Tom Brady. And, and Godwin, I think, each week is just going to be a stronger and stronger option. So those are just some thoughts about some of the teams to target stacks with quarterback and wide receiver to go after. Um, Chargers Falcons is somewhat intriguing, but again, I don't think there's enough volume there. And with the Chargers, obviously, if Mike Williams is out and Keenan Allen also misses the game, I'm not sure I'm going to trust Josh Palmer or DeAndre Carter to get my fantasy team over the finish line in that one. So looking forward to a strong week nine, and we will be back next week. Uh, Chris and Taylor both having some issues. 
uh, involving sickness and other things going on. So they have not been able to join lately, but looking to get them back next week, have a little bit more back and forth and uh, hoping to hear from Taylor about some dynasty assets, what people's prices are in dynasty right now. A lot of you probably have trade deadlines coming up as we approach the fantasy playoffs um want to talk through all of that with both chris and taylor uh, otherwise you can find us at qcfantasy.com along with at qc underscore fantasy on twitter and instagram and we look forward to being back in your podcast lineup next week have a good one